Welcome to Making Connections, a WMNT series on diversifying our future. Hello, I'm Mimi Pickering, reporting for Making Connections News. On this show, we're talking about COVID-19 and the continuing health danger it poses for coal miners and those with black lung. We hear from Dr. James Brandon Crum from United Medical Group in Pikeville and from Rebecca Shelton from Appalachian Citizens Law Center in Whitesburg. They talk about the work that a group of folks in eastern Kentucky have been doing to inform and support those with black lung and other respiratory diseases during this COVID-19 pandemic. They made this presentation on June 10th at the West Virginia Association of Black Lung Clinics annual meeting, which was held online. Dr. Crum and Ms. Shelton hoped that conference participants, which included healthcare providers and staff at black lung clinics, would be able to use some of the activities they described to support their patients in their clinics. This is an online recording, and I apologize for the poor quality of the sound. Uh, my name is Dr. Brandon Crum. I'm a radiologist and certified bee reader here in uh, eastern Kentucky. And the clinic that I work out of is a uh, private clinic in Pikeville, Kentucky. So we're kind of right in the border between Kentucky, West Virginia, and Virginia uh, is where we're located. And we image from all three states uh, and some other states, too. But if you remember the map uh, that was shown earlier in the conference, uh, the worst areas are the hot spots of, of significant black lung disease, especially complicated black lung and progressive massive fibrosis. If you put those two maps kind of over top of each other, we're right at the epicenter of, of a large portion of black lung disease that, that's occurring in central Appalachian. So we have a, a lot of miners coming in uh, with significant uh, black lung disease. Uh, we're a private clinic. Uh, we've got a large large portion of our resources are devoted to our miners, uh, including imaging and, and some research and data collection that we're doing. Uh, we've evaluated thousands of miners. Uh, for black lung disease. As of right now, we got a total of 306 cases of complicated black lung or PMF that has actually been performed here in the clinic. So we have hundreds of cases of, of complicated black lung. Um, the last three to four months, we've not seen as much, but that's primarily because of our imaging has dropped off uh, due to the restrictions in, in the COVID-19 epidemic. Uh, but we are still seeing quite a bit of complicated black lung. It has plateaued to some degree compared to last year, but it is definitely not um, dropped any significant amount of, of number compared to last year. Probably one of the most uh, important things that we've been doing over the last two or three months definitely is the COVID-19 and, and how that's affecting our miners and, and kind of the significant challenges that we're facing here in Central Appalachia. Of it, and I'm going to go through a little bit of, of what we're dealing with here at the clinic and um, kind of the problems that you're probably going to see coming going forward or you may be seeing already and you can help each other with and, and hopefully uh, we can help these guys through this. But it's kind of, kind of another, just a, another epidemic that's here in Central Appalachia. We, we're, and I'll go through that a little bit in a minute, but we're dealing with a very high-risk population, both physically and psychologically. We're in a strained economic and medical community already, and we have isolation hurdles, which are also a big uh, hurdle for us uh, when we're dealing with COVID. But the epidemics that we're looking at here and the problems that we're facing, you know, we have the black lung epidemic. We have high levels of, of simple black lung. We have high levels of complicated black lung. If 
confused us fibrosis. We have COPD, and often, you know, the black lung manifests itself as a combination of, of these abnormalities within the individual's lungs. We have an opioid epidemic, um, uh, which is also important for our black lung. We have several minors which are in treatment uh, for op opioid abuse, but the population in general that is a minor is also going to be a difficult population. We've had several cases here in, in Pike County in which there were positive COVID cases uh, at the opioid clinics, and this is a very difficult population to test, uh, to track, and isolate uh, for protection against COVID. So that's one of the potential problems that the communities are going to face. Is it's going to be difficult to uh, test and, and isolate our, our opioid patients, uh, which may lead to more spread. Uh, the COVID epidemic, we have increased morbidity and mortality uh, for underlying medical conditions, which in general, we have kind of an unhealthy population here in central Appalachia anyway. And then you throw in the amount of black lung disease, uh, it could be uh, potentially significant. We have economic distress, uh, so we have decreased resources, we have limited access to medical care, we have diminished jobs uh, with many community stores and closings, and that's may not isolate us as much as people think, uh, and we'll go over that just a little bit too. Just to touch base on a, on a very high-risk population that we have, we have obviously our, our black lung patients with chronic lung disease, including simple complicated COPD, whether it's chronic bronchitis, emphysema, or a combination of the two, and interstitial fibrosis. Also, a lot of our minors along with black lung disease have high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, and um, probably 50% or more with tobacco abuse. So these are all predisposing uh, conditions that put these guys at high risk. Uh, some of the geographic hurdles that we're seeing and economic hurdles, we kind of distressed region, uh, which has resulted in closures of many community stores. And this results in surrounding areas kind of congregating in the larger towns, which is exactly what we're seeing here in, in Pikeville. We have, we're the largest county in Kentucky, and we have multiple small isolated communities which would be great for containing the spread but due to the economic distress most of the stores and, and hardware stores and grocery stores and things in those smaller areas have closed uh, so we have pretty much the entire county or a large portion of the county and surrounding county coming into the larger cities uh, to get their supplies hardware supplies and grocery supplies and clothing and things like that um, we have somewhat of a limited medical staff uh, especially with our nurses, uh, our limited number. We have a limited number of ICU beds, ventilators, and a limited number of qualified physicians, especially infectious disease physicians, which are uh, in short supply, as well as pulmonologists, which are in short, short supply in Central Appalachia. So those are all uh, potential hurdles and things that we may have to overcome if the infection continues to spread. We have communication difficulties with lack of internet and ability to communicate. A lot of our older miners, especially, uh, they don't have internet. They don't have broadband services. Uh, we have some that don't have mobile phones at all, so there, there's a difficulty in getting the word out to individuals uh, and, and contacting them and, and trying to keep them safe during this, and we'll go over that a little bit. Uh, and then there's also delivery and isolation issues for supplies, uh, which we've seen over the last two to three months. We'll go through that a little bit also. So how's COVID affecting our minors? Well, we've got really two groups. We've got our active minors and 
the way they're being affected right now is that we've had job losses and closures secondary to, to COVID. That's obviously affecting them economically and affecting their family. Uh, but also, you know, you run the potential for infection on the miners that are working. And there were some great resources from the CDC and um, the UIC's webpage that I looked at about, you know, the potential problems with active miners them being close together in a relatively confined space, uh, the dust in which they would cough and, no ability to wash their hands or for hygiene under underground, so it's a definitely a potential for spread in, the, in these problems, and then obviously the underlying health issues, including their black lung, uh, which is sometimes are often undiagnosed in miners that are continuing to work. All are potential problems with our active miners. Uh, the retired one, um, which has probably got a better handle on that, obviously, and these guys, all the limited for the last two or three months, pretty much daily to, to, you know, weekly. And kind of the problems that I'm seeing with them in the last two to three months is physically uh, we have a large portion of them that's not doing as good as they were before. You know, their, their shortness of breath is worse. Uh, their cough is worse. And mostly that's just from, from decreased exercise. They're not able to, to go to their pulmonary rehabs, which have been shut down uh, in the area. They're not able to get out and walk like they used to. And a lot of the places that uh, the individuals walk around here is, community parks and schools and walking tracks and things like that, which have been closed. Uh, that's all, that's been an issue for them getting out to be able to exercise and uh, feel better. And then psychologically, it's, it's probably the biggest issue that we've seen so far with depression. And that's primarily due to the lack of social interactions, uh, you know, with their friends at the pulmonary rehab. The church has been a big one. Uh, they're not able to attend their church and, and local gathering spots and their family, especially grandchildren and things like that with the older minors, all those that, that put them in kind of a even more of a depressed status, which also kind of limits them and, and doesn't want them to get out there and, and walk and get their exercise like they should. We've also seen a pretty good portion of the minors that don't really think that the COVID uh, is real. Uh, they think it's politically motivated, uh, which is a hurdle you're probably going to have to to address and that's one thing that I make sure that when they come in and talk to them is you know we are dealing with something real here and you need to take the, the adequate precautions uh, to protect themselves and the family and then also they're just too proud to ask for help from, from family and friends all those are issues uh, that you should work watch out for and, and things that we've tried to address here and, and um, how can we help with this uh, we can do education and I put two links that uh, the CDC had sent over for uh, the minors uh, that are working, and then also for some worker safety support. Those are really good links and recommendations. And we did some education, which Rebecca's going to go over. We can communicate with these guys as much as possible, uh, which is really important. And we can provide resources, uh, which has been a major hurdle for these guys uh, with access to masks. It's becoming easier now with the personal protective equipment, both for the early parts of March and April. They were almost uh, unheard of to get. So uh, we've given out and, and distributed some really good things. And maybe you guys can take a look at this and, and see how uh, we've done it. And you can help some miners out there. But I'm going to give it over to Rebecca. Great. Thanks. So, um, yeah, my name is Rebecca Shelton. I'm the uh, coordinator of policy and organizing at Appalachian Citizens Law Center, which is based in Whitesburg, Kentucky. So just a county um, a bit to the, to the southwest of Pike County. Um, and I think with, along with probably a lot of folks, um, on this call and, and others who work with 
black lung, um, myosin black lung disease back in late March and early April, we were just really grappling with this question of what else, what can we do to respond to this moment? And, you know, as we're taking all the precautions and closing our office um, spaces, not actually closing our services, but, you know, um, and the economies are closing down, we just, what, what can we do to help um, minors with, with black lung disease at this time? I was talking to, to Dr. Crum and a couple of other folks, and I think that there were, were several people that were thinking about this. What can we do, especially since um, minors with compromised lung function are especially vulnerable to severe cases of COVID-19? And also because, um, as Dr. Crum was mentioning, there's, there was such a swirl of information coming out so rapidly. Um, you know, all the news stories were covering COVID-19, and there was so there was so much information, and there was also rapidly changing information, um, and a lack of, even if, if folks were told to get protective equipment, to wear masks, just an inability to ask, access those masks. Shelton and Crum brought together people with different skills to help get the word out about the dangers of the coronavirus, especially for those suffering with black lung disease. Staff from this station, WMMT and and AppleShop, produce public service announcements for radio and social media. SOAR and UK Cares help distribute those messages around the region. Appalachian Law Center created educational flyers on COVID-19 risks and how to make and use a mask. They also worked with Dr. Crum to get masks to minors at a time when personal protective equipment was very hard to get. Here's Rebecca Shelton again. I mean, one way that we did distribute those, those informative handouts were with the assistance of Dr. Crum helping us get access to some, some masks and gloves. Um, we were able to package the informative materials up with that to be, um, and then we we distributed these, these kinds of materials and information to our clients at ACLC, some uh, Black Lung Association members in Kentucky and Virginia, and then also to other organizers and, and clinics. We distributed at first um, out to, to folks with most severe forms of the disease. We did both some hand deliveries where we were taking these um, these packages and, and, and delivering to folks in, in Ledger County and surrounding county, counties. And we also mailed a lot of them out. And we're still continuing to do that. Um, and as of a couple of weeks ago, I guess we had given, APLC had given out 500 masks. Um, we've continued to, to do that, but I'll let Dr. Crum also just speak briefly about the distribution center that he set up here at his clinic. Yeah, so at our clinic, what we did was um, we've got a just a table set up in the corner of the lobby just where you first come through the door, and it's away from uh, everybody, and all you have to do is come through the door, and, and you get right at the table, and we have a sign there, and we have the mask laid out on the table, and they also have the gloves there, and then have the uh, information uh, packet together that uh, Rebecca and, and those guys put together, and people just come in, and they pick up what they need, and they go and they don't have to come in contact with anybody and uh it's a really pretty safe distribution uh it's been really effective since we got the radio ads out there we've had I think we've given out close to 2,000 or just over 2,000 masks and just thousands of gloves and also a number of, of the information packets and I would recommend you know any of the black lung clinics you know what we can do is you can go to your local uh health departments you can talk to your state 
workers. You can have people like SOAR, which is an Appalachian project. You can contact them. Uh, that can help donate masks to you, or you can get people to maybe uh, get money together and, and raise funds to get masks because they're much easier to get now than they, they were before when we were trying to do this. But they are fairly expensive now compared to, to when they were. Uh, but that's a great way to distribute out to these people uh, is to just set up a small table and distribution center uh, right where you come in. They come in and pick it up and go, and they don't have to contact with anybody. And then the other way that we're doing it is we're those 300 and some cases of PMF, we started with our worst. We started complicated. Uh, we started with our Category C complicated, and we worked back through the Bs and the As, uh, just calling these guys and letting them know uh, that we available for them if they needed it to come in and get it people aren't taking more than they need you know which we thought may be a problem they take three to five masks each and uh, everybody's done real well with them and we also when we see uh, individuals and evaluate them on a daily basis we ask them uh, you know they have masks and if they don't uh, we provide masks for them at that time so those are three ways that we've been doing it which has been successful for us Dr. Crum and Rebecca Shelton ended their presentations expressing concerns about the continued spread of COVID-19 in the coal fields, especially as things are opening up. Uh, it's kind of worrisome opening things back up. I know here in Pike County, at least, we probably only got about half the, the people uh, adhering to the, the face covering rules and the social distancing rules. So the next three or four months or six months may be even worse than what we've seen so far. We have a lot of people from out of state coming into these rural areas to kind of escape it from the larger cities. Uh, so maybe a good time to stock up. That's what we're doing now and get the stuff out to them so uh, they can prevent getting the disease. That's the main goal. Uh, we just want to try to prevent it. Yeah, and, and so I think that too, I mean, knowing that, I mean, I, I will say too, that folks are very appreciative. I mean, we at ACLC, we got some thank you cards. We got a lot of phone calls um, taking, thanking us for the materials. And so I think it is really, um, truly helpful and, and a comfort to have access to that, to that gear when, when you may not otherwise. So we're, you know, we know that this is just the beginning. This is going to continue to be uh, an issue and a threat for miners for months. Um, if not longer than that. And so I think really we are continuing to do this work. We just had another call um, this, at the beginning of this week thinking about next steps, you know, what other kinds of PSAs are going to, what kinds of other information is going to be useful at this time, um, I think especially as folks are feeling fatigued from having taken so many, taken so many preventative measures and, and social distancing and staying home already for a couple of months. And also, um, you know, as, as economies are opening back up, there's there's a real feeling, I think, for a lot of folks that the threat has passed. So just trying to, to be thoughtful about um, the kind of, of voice that we can add to, to all of the, to the, to the context, um, you know, encouraging people to continue to take care and be safe. You know, I think it's, it's just important for us to continue to, to be vigilant on this, and uh, I'm afraid we've not seen or by no means seen the worst of it. That was Dr. Brandon Crum and Rebecca Shelton from Appalachian Citizens Law Center speaking online to participants at the West Virginia Association of Black Lung Clinics meeting on June 10th.
We want to remind our listeners that cases of COVID-19 are on the rise in the coal fields, and it is important for your health, that of your family, and your neighbors to follow the recommendations from state officials and healthcare experts. Stay home as much as possible, practice social distancing, staying at least six feet apart from other people when out, wear a mask in public, and wash your hands frequently. More free COVID-19 drive-in testing sites are opening in our region. They are quick, painless, and available to anyone. Find out more online at kycovid19.ky.gov or check out what your local clinic is offering. Reporting for Making Connections News, this is Mimi Pickering. Making Connections is brought to you by WMMT Mountain Community Radio. Find out more at makingconnectionsnews.org.